Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio, conversations to grow your business. Now here's your host, Roz Lewis. Good morning. Good morning, Roz. It's Lee Cantor joining you here at GWBC Radio Conversations to grow your business. And, uh, you know, February is Heart Awareness Month. I don't know if you're aware of that, Ross. Yes. And my heart has always been beating. So what's, uh, you were going to have a thematic show, right? We are. We're going to have a great show this morning because of who our guest is. And our guest is Kimberly Wright with the American Heart Association, who is going to give us some insight and tips on how to protect your heart. You know, our theme this month is talking about how do you protect your heart Mm -hmm. as well as not just your heart, but also the heart of your business. And we also have with us Susan Gravely of Gravely and Associates. So she's in charge of the business part and Kimberly's in charge of the heart part? I think they both They both are. There's going to be big big uh, cross-referencing there. Yes. So who do you want to kick off with? Let's well, kick first, off with- well, you know what? Before we get too far, this is our first show of 2020. Uh, any updates on GWBC that I should know about? Yes. 2020 is our 20th anniversary. We have been certifying women businesses for 20 years, wow. providing them, yes, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council certification. And for you women businesses out there, this certification is a national Certification. So whether you're certified here in our region, Georgia, North or South Carolina, you will be able to utilize this certification with over 350 major corporations who accept this. And, and that's around the country. That is around the country that accepts it. And then there's no reason not to do this. This is just opening doors for you to grow your business. This is a great opportunity for number one, for you to network with other successful women businesses. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, today, after we leave the show, we'll be on our way to a tables of eight. This is a luncheon where women connect in order to support each other. You know, I have a special saying and that's it. by Madeline Albright. Go ahead. There's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So tables of eight will uh, kind of alleviate some of those issues, right? They're going to all get together and help each other. Exactly. It's going to be at the Agave restaurant. Mm -hmm. So if you have time to stop by, by all means, come. There is, you know, an opportunity for you to meet some some very successful women. And then is that something that's going to go be ongoing? Yes, we do this once a quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have other events, too. So I always encourage you to visit our website at gwbc.org just to learn more about how you can grow and develop your business. Good stuff. So who do you want to kick off the show with? Let's kick off the show with Kimberly this morning. Let's get right into the heartbeat. Good morning. Good morning. So Kimberly, uh, tell us about the American Heart Association. How are you serving folks? Oh, well, first of all, it is heart month and we are excited to celebrate your heart this morning and the heart of women. And so we are a relentless force focused on extending lives um, of all people. And so 
February is important to us, you know, especially with it aligns with Valentine's Day. That's um, probably a coincidence, right? Yes, it is a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. A lot of red, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so now, uh, what's your work at the American Heart Association? So I am the vice president of health strategies for Metro Atlanta. So what that means is we focus on all things health, um, in particular, blood pressure control, um, physical activity and healthy eating, a lot of policy work. So focusing on tobacco, especially with this vaping epidemic that we have mm-hmm. um, with the youth in particular. Um, so I get to wake up every morning, focus on how I'm going to save lives. Fancy, huh? And then are you doing that um, with in conjunction with businesses? How are you collaborating with kind of the public? Yeah, we partner with businesses, individuals, other nonprofits um, as well. We partnered with the city's councils in Marietta or City of Atlanta, uh, focusing on policies as well. So how can companies support the American Heart Association? So and there's their employees. Sure. So there's several ways that you can. So we have um, actually a workplace health solutions, which is a toolkit for companies. Um, a lot of times companies will decide to have a health fair, which is great, but it's not sustainable, right? So it's that now what? So we really encourage companies to adopt policies of putting their health first, um, specifically tied to women in particular. We are the chief medical decision makers in our household. So if women are healthy, the house is healthy, businesses are healthy. So in particular, we definitely encourage um, women-owned businesses to focus on putting your health first because there's a, there's a sense of guilt that we tend to um, have when we focus on ourselves first, thinking that it's selfish, when indeed it's not. Now, is there some low-hanging fruit that a business can do? Along these lines? Sure. So low-hanging fruit um, is you can do an assessment of your environment and think about what are some of the things that we can take on. Low-hanging fruit, if you want to encourage and incentivize individuals to park far away or have healthy meetings, mm-hmm. make a decision that you're going to ensure that you have water instead of sugar-sweetened beverage. If you need a little pizzazz, Offer infused water, perhaps, um, healthy snacks, um, again, physical activity, encouraging people to go to the doctor and know their numbers. So really giving, if you can, if you can free up a day to say, you know what, we're going to recognize this day as a day that we want everyone in the office to go to the doctor to get their physical and know their numbers. Yeah, I know here in this building, they really do a great job on the third floor here. They have a walking trail that you can walk around and i've seen people have like meetings or instead of having a meeting you know in a cubicle you can just walk and have the same meeting and you're outside and you're walking and moving yes absolutely and a lot of people are working remote these days so Mm -hmm. if you're working from home you can walk around or walk on the treadmill um and if you are a leader of a business encourage that so if somebody sounds a little bit winded from walking celebrate and recognize that versus um making them feel like they need to apologize for sounding a little winded but we also want to make sure you know, that they're okay. Absolutely. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. We want to make sure, but if you're just sounding winded because you're walking, but we definitely want to encourage walking. Well, and, and, and piggybacking on that okay part, is there a CPR element of this as well? 
there is a CPR element as well. Um, and the American Heart Association, we do offer um, an extensive CPR training, but we also on our website at heart.org, you can access information on how to administer hands only CPR. And that's and the recommended? That is the recommended um, because it is an easy training and it's something that you can do to help um, that individual that is having, um, is in the middle of a situation to ensure that the um, emergency, the ambulance mm. can arrive. Um, so, but it's not necessarily, it's enough that you feel empowered to do something without feeling like, oh my gosh, CPR is too, uh, just too complicated. Um, so, and they're fun videos too. So how often do you have to, um, you know, go through training for CPR? You know, I remember when I was a flight attendant, we had to do it every year doing what was called recurrent training. So, of course, you know, we had to know CPR. But for the day-to-day person, someone working in the office, what would you recommend so that they hopefully yes. don't have an opportunity to use it. Sure. So, yes. Yeah. So if you're in, in in a certain field, it is recommended that you get the annual training. But anyone, including your kids at home, can look at this video. It honestly it takes 10 minutes and it's usually to the rhythm of a fun song to help you know the rhythm and the compressions. So truly, you can go on heart.org and click on the video and learn. Um, if you're in an office setting, I mean, you can make that part of your next meeting to say, you know what, we're going to download and start this meeting off by showing this video so everyone understands how to administer hands-only CPR, which a big part of it is yelling to someone and telling them to call Call 911. You forget. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that reminder of pointing to that person and saying, call 911. Right. It's not just yell help. You have to say, hey, lady in the blue dress, go and call. Yes. Right. Like in that they know it's them. Exactly. Indeed. Now for you, when you're doing this kind of work, um, is it a little frustrating in that heart disease doesn't get kind of the, the press that some of the other diseases, even though the numbers of people who suffer from heart disease and, and, you know, die from that is much greater. Yes. In fact, it is the number one killer of men and women. Um, and, uh, it's, but the good news is 80% of it is preventable mm-hmm. um, through physical activity, eating healthy, and knowing your knowing your numbers. Uh, but it can be frustrating because, like I tell people, I'm in the business of helping to preserve your health. Right. Everyone is born with a heart. We want to ensure that you have a healthy heart. So when you have cancer or something else or diabetes, which is another chronic disease, um, that is something that is a disease where we're trying to preserve a heart to prevent right. heart disease. It's so, lifestyle. Yeah, it's lifestyle. So we take February as an opportunity to celebrate um, life and your heart. Um, so that's where this is an incredible important month to make people understand, you know what, there are small things that you can do and we want you to survive. Mm-hmm. So how does um, the American Heart Association, because you mentioned about the healthy lifestyle and you know, drinking water or infused water. So how does the American Heart Association work with the food industry, you know, to ensure that we are eating more low cholesterol items or have those options, you know, available to them? Sure. So, um, well, we want to ensure that the healthy choice is the 
default choice. So we want to sneak up on you and just, you know, make sure you're being healthy without you even knowing it. So with the food industry in particular, you know, when you go into the grocery store, you'll see that there's something that says American Heart Association certified with the check, check mark. mark. Right. right. So, you know, if you're picking your meats for your sandwich meat for the week, if you know that you can hone in on anything that has that heart check because it lets you know that it has limited sodium, a great source of nutrients, it limits the bad fat. So industries, uh, we are proud of our brand. And so for that check mark to, to be on a box of healthy cereal or on sandwich meat um, that's low in sodium, um, that's an, uh, the way we partner with the food industry to encourage them to offer healthier options. So what about taste tests? Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the taste. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. And we also, you can find it on heart.org. We have um, a toolkit or a resource that's called Healthy for Life. And it's all about food discovery experience while at the same time learning something uh, new, right? For instance, um, if we talk to people about you need to lower your sodium. Okay, great. That's wonderful. But now what? How do I? What are the different options that right, I like have? What's a lot of sodium? What's how a lot I, of sodium? I don't even right? have any context for exactly. that. Exactly. More importantly, what else gives me that satisfaction that mm-hmm. salt gives me that is not salt? Right. So through the Healthy for Life, we have a program and it's really a taste test. Um, for instance, there's cauliflower rice or adding citrus. Um, so um, they, we provide options on what you can do around healthy eating and encourage people to taste. And so that's something that a business can do. So it's a great toolkit. You may say, you know what? We're going to offer a session and have a little competition on everyone preparing this healthy recipe or snack. Um, you can have popcorn that has no salt and no um, none of the bad fat, but you can add some fun seasoning to it. Right. And somebody may say, oh, I didn't like the parsley. Well, try rosemary. It's a win-win situation. And so now people are introduced to healthy options. Now, are you finding people are more open to trying the different seasonings? Uh, you see so many ethnic restaurants with all from, you know, food from all over the world where, you know, salt isn't used. They use lots of uh, herbs and seasonings. You know, in some communities, some communities are, are ready to, um, just, expand and taste other things. But for instance, if you're, there are certain communities that don't have that same access. Mm -hmm. If you're living in the middle of a food desert and the closest place that you can get food is at the corner gas station that has things that are high in, you know, salt. It is a preservative. So that's where we partner with school systems or community centers to offer these healthy options to get these kids to try. Right. Cause Um, they're just not aware, right? They've never been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what's that? You you would really be surprised. Um, so it's also about the exposure and them knowing. Um, I have to tell a story that there was one kid that um, they said, you know what? I didn't know that bananas were really yellow. I thought that was just on television because he gets his banana from the corner store, fresh fruit, not necessarily available at the corner store. By mm-hmm. the time they get to it. It's sitting there for a while, so right? It's like brown, exactly, right. right? So, so giving them that exposure, but also you know tying it back to business and the children, it really lets them know what else is out there mm-hmm. and exposes them, and they may have a passion for how can 
we, a school in a certain neighborhood, partner with a local farmer's market or farmer to now have fresh fruits and vegetables that the kids can taste. So we also focused on power, empowering communities that don't necessarily have the same access as others. Now, um, how are you seeing more and more farmer's markets pop up? We are, and we are partnering with farmers markets. Um, so, uh, for instance, with a lot of the faith-based um, organizations, um, a lot of them you'll see will have pop-up farmers markets on site after service mm-hmm. or uh, donate a lot of their fresh fruits and vegetables to the pantries that are in the churches. Um, so we are seeing that. But I also want to mention that sometimes, again, in the interest of time, some folks don't have time to uh, get that fresh fruit and vegetable. Right. So we also empower people and let them know there are frozen is a great option. Right. You can get canned with that heart check that says low sodium. But if you can't even get that, you can rinse things off. So we really try to meet people where they are mm-hmm. um, so that everyone feels empowered and knows that there is one small thing that I can do no matter where I live, no matter the zip code. What can I do today to help extend my life and the life of my family members? Well, think about, you know, the things that you're saying regarding, you know, the salt content that's in a lot of our foods. You know, I even understand it's even in milk, you know. So um, what are the silent signs that a business owner can look for when it comes to um, their employees, you know, as far as um, being healthy? Um, and it's always a fine line. Right. Right. Between an employer and employee. But more than likely, they're caring about their, you know, teammate teammate. So what are the are there any signs that any of our owners out there can be aware of or start noticing? Right. And you bring up a good point, right? Because you want to respect people's privacies and someone may have the best of intentions and end up making a comment that now you have a whole nother issue on your hands. So what I would say, I would ask the business owners to not look for the signs, but make a decision to be proactive. So it is, again, it goes back to if you are a business owner, ensuring that in our office, we always have fresh fruit. Right. And so every day there's someone in the office, they go and they get the fresh fruit and it's, there's always fresh fruit in the break room. So I would offer that up or having walking meetings. Um, but also if you see somebody that is looking tired or, you know, if something's going on, not necessarily approaching them because everybody may not want that, but that is an opportunity to reflect, to say, okay, I noticed that this person's a little bit tired and maybe you might want to think about, am I overworking them? Am I giving them an opportunity to get up and get moving? So instead of having the conversation, you say, you know what, let's have a walking meeting today or walk with me today or something. Right. So that's, that's the way that I would, I, I go back to, we want to ensure that the healthy choice is the default choice. Because there is a sense of guilt, especially for women, when we take times out for take time out for ourselves. So we don't want to add that burden onto them to say, you know what, you're just not looking right today, right? So how do we like turn it around and empower them? Now, what about stress? That's kind of like a silent uh, thing yes. that affects a lot of business people. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, they feel like they have the weight of the world. You know, responsible for all their people. Right? How? What are some things that people can do to alleviate stress in their business life and life? Well, you know what you can do. 
we recommend you do, take a deep breath, stop, pause, yeah, inhale through your nose, exhale. Okay, just stop and take a moment. Um, It sounds simple and getting enough sleep. We encourage sleep. You have to rest. Right. Some business owners pride themselves on, oh, I only sleep two hours a night. I'm working 24-7. Like, And that's just not sustainable, right? It's not sustainable. And honestly, are you really being productive? Mm-hmm. So that's the question going back to the business. Are you asking yourself, do we, you know, and sometimes we we talk about, especially with women, that super woman syndrome. Right. I got it all under and control. And I've got it all under control. And that's great. But... That can shorten our lives. So we also need to look out for the super women in our lives and make sure that we're not taking on too much and saying, that's great, but how can I help you? Are there any kind of physiological clues that maybe something's not right? Like, is there heart kind of uh, symptoms that someone could see? Like, I'm having trouble. Like, I used to be able to walk up those stairs, and now I'm right. having trouble. Like, are there some clues that people can Yeah, and there, there are some. Those are some. Like, if you're winded, you're walking, if you're feeling tired all the time. Um, I mean, honestly, it's just those those basic clues. Um, but for heart attacks in particular or in stroke. Um, so for stroke, we ask, talk about the acronym of FAST, right? Mm-hmm. Face drooping, arm drooping. Um, you can't smile. Um, and if not, then it's time to call 911. Um, so those are some of the outward signs. But the challenge is, again, going back to women, oh, you know what? I just have this little tingle and we ignore it, right? right? So what I would say is watch, listen to your body, you know, listen to the signs. If you're feeling tired, rest. Um, don't ignore the mm-hmm. signs. But they happen like so gradually, like you don't know, you know, it's a little thing that just kind of builds over time. It's hard to discern like, oh, this is something really big or this is something manageable. Right, right. And so, yeah, I mean, and everybody's body is different and it could be something not necessarily heart health related. So that's why we do say it's important to know your numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best indicator. I um, mean, if you know, uh, you know, Truly knowing your numbers. And your numbers are, uh, that's your blood pressure. What are the other numbers that are important to know? Um, there are blood pressure, um, knowing what your weight should be. So connecting with your doctor so that they can even communicate to you what your number should be um, and establish some goals and metrics. And that way you can see trends. You can see trends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But what about the difference between women and men? Because there are some signs that women should pay attention to, you know, historically the signs have been more geared towards men. Right. And today we really have some signs that our women need to be paying attention to. Yeah. I say the first sign is to lower to your point, the superwoman Kate. Right, right, right. Yes. So, uh, and then if we're talking about heart attacks in particular, um, you know, for both men and women, of course, chest discomfort, uh, shortness of breath, uh, you have discomfort in other upper, the upper part of your body. Um, but for women in particular, um, women experience some different signs of which, um, one in particular is that shortness of breath. If you're nauseated or vomiting, um, and back or jaw pain. So imagine how 
it could or could not be, right? right? So you're just thinking, oh, you know, I was lifting my baby and it's just my back or, oh, my jaw, I was, you know, clenching my teeth. So that kind of goes back to listen to your body. All right. So this month is also Go For Red month, right? So tell us a little bit about the Go For Red campaign. Right. So the um Go Red for Women. So it's important because, like I said, women are the chief medical decision makers in the household and cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death among women. Um, not cl- breast cancer. Not breast. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. It claims more lives than any form of cancer combined. Wow. Right. And so something else to consider is that um, women continue to be underrepresented in research. Um, and experience the inequities that come along with treatment. So the research dollars, we need to ensure that more dollars go towards research and women um, in particular. So that's one thing that we focus on. We have something STEM goes red, which is really exciting. And what is, um, that's that's STEM a great idea red. to combine yeah. those two things. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's focused on young ladies, young mm-hmm. girls. So uh, we partner with local businesses and it's a day where each business takes a letter, the S, the T, the E, the M, and uh, the young ladies are exposed to science, technology, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so it really is about ensuring that women and young girls stay interested in that field. So ultimately we can have more women researchers. So, and, um, you know, medical experts, but is it also about, um, women volunteer for certain, um, you know, test or, uh, right. Yes. So I would say that women make up less than half of the clinical trials. Um, and that's the word I was looking for. Clinical trials. trials, Right. So why is that? That, there's more women than men. Why would they um, do the trials less? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. One that ties back to if there's fewer uh, women, let fewer dollars that are going towards women, um, research and women, then, you know, some women may not qualify for certain clinical trials. But, um, you know, there there are a number of factors, um, but we just need to be more aware of that um, and know that clinical trials can be an option, uh, but then ensure that more dollars go towards research for women so right. that we will have clinical trials that are focused on women. Right. Because like you said, it's not the same. Like the the disease affects people differently. Right. There are biological differences right. that we can't ignore. So now, uh, what do you need more of? What are some things businesses right now can do to celebrate Heart Awareness Month? Well, there's a, a couple of things that we'd love for you to do. And this is one heart walk. We have our heart walk every year. Um, and so we'd love for businesses to participate. That's a great team building exercise. It's a great way to be active together um, and just celebrate um, heart health. Also, uh, we encourage businesses, uh, if you want to call one eight seven seven two four two four two seven seven, or simply go to cpr.heart.org and sign up your business for CPR training, the mm-hmm. extensive one. So that's where if you want more than the download the video, quick hands-only CPR training, that's something else that you can do as well. Also, um, join us in the advocacy space. So we spend a lot of time in our local markets. Um, and so you can join You're the Cure. 
Um, and I'll pull that information on how to text to join. And so that keeps you abreast of all the policies that we're focused on. Uh, we are incredibly excited to say that Atlanta is now smoke free. And that was a result of the policy um, work that was done. And so we'd love for businesses and community members alike to come along with us. Um, and we now are focusing on, we have participated in complete streets. So if there's new construction going on or renovation, ensuring that there are safe sidewalks Mm -hmm. for people to be able to to walk, but now taking it a step further, you have those communities that have the complete streets, but it's not safe for kids to walk to school. So we call that safe routes to school. So having business come along with us to really ensure how can we ensure that kids can get to school safely. Mm Imagine that walking to school, walking to school, physical activity, fancy that. What a concept. (laughs) Now, um, for you, what's the most rewarding part of the job? Every day I wake up focused on saving someone's life. And by trade, I'm a finance person. My background is in finance and operations, right? How did I end up? That's another story, (laughs) another episode, right? How? But, um, just knowing that I have purpose. And um, it's a big job, uh, but at the same time, it is incredibly rewarding when I go and I see that heart check at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Or someone put that in their basket. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Or we, um, people are talking about zip code matters and the disparity and the life expectancy from one zip code to another and the fact that we are participating and bringing awareness to that issue. And so now encouraging whether it's businesses city council members to come along with us to ensure that there is health equity. Um, So that excites me. Now, is there ways for um, our listener to volunteer? Are there volunteer opportunities? Oh, say no more. (laughs) There's always volunteer opportunities. Uh, So I would go go to heart.org. That's really the best place to go. Um, And there's right a place there where you can just click to volunteer volunteer and they'll connect you with your local market. Right, that's near um, you. Yeah, right. yeah, it's near. And so then we want to plug you in with whatever space resonates most with you. But there are plenty. We we cannot, we don't exist without our volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have committee members that help to inform uh, where we go and what we should focus on. So whether you just want to hand out information or advocate or serve on a committee, uh, there are plenty of opportunities to volunteer and definitely want to take a moment to thank all the volunteers um, that are out there. So we really appreciate it. Well, you know, most nonprofits cannot do without volunteers, right? They're the extended team members. They're also part of the lifeblood of any nonprofit organization. And I think, you know, you talking about the fact of what you were trained in versus where you are today, you have found your purpose. Thank you. I think I have. I think I have. And, uh, you know, there's transferable skills, right? So I um, started at a different nonprofit, the Cancer Society, before, and I thought to myself, who am I, this finance and operations person, to come in alongside the chief deputy medical officer that I would see on CNN, who am I? But, you know, there's the operation. So I came into this space just really figuring out how to help nonprofits execute on the research. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, if the research says you need to consume X number of servings of fruits and vegetables a day, 
Um, how do you translate that to the general public? How do you make it easy for people to understand what they can do? And really just the implementation, the budget side of it. So, you know, at first I didn't understand my place, but now I do understand my place in the nonprofit world. So that's another message too, um, that, you know, where you start off in your career uh, may not be where you end up. Um, so, But it's leveraging your superpowers in order to maximize the impact you're making and your skills. Right. Absolutely. So with donor daughters, dollars with the background, I'm always thinking about what's a strong return on impact and mm-hmm. return on investment. And I want to make sure we're being responsible with our donor dollars. Um, I take pride in the fact that if somebody says, you know, where, where's, where's my money going? Or, okay, so glad you asked. I can share that with you so you can see the return in investment and the return on impact. Great. This is the output or, you know, what you paid for, but this also equates to X number of kids now being able to walk to school. And know a banana is yellow. And know that a banana <laughs> is yellow. Good stuff. Well, thank you for the work you're doing. It's so important. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So, Susan. Yes. You so learned now, anything there? I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know, here we've talked about how we can have healthy employees and hopefully healthy business owners, too. So remember, it's more than two hours of sleep. You need at least seven to eight hours. And I'm also talking to myself <laughs> regarding I that. light. Yes. Um, but let's talk about the business and how important it is. And literally, tell us a little bit about Gravely and Associates. And you're going to hear that I word, business owners out there, not thinking that that is truly your heartbeat. That's exactly right. Well, Graveling Associates provides insurance products and risk management services to businesses large and small. Where we plug ourselves in is working with women-owned businesses, minority businesses, smaller businesses that do business with corporates. Those individuals or those businesses have a need for someone who can go in and look at those corporate contracts, determine what coverage they need, and provide that coverage for them in an environment that is service-oriented. Now, what's an example of some coverage that when you're dealing with a corporate that a, a business may not anticipate needing? That's a great question. We see, I see all kinds of contracts. Uh, we work with a lot of, uh, a lot of WBEs, work with a lot of corporate contracts, and those corporate contracts can change from year to year. And you may have had adequate coverage the year before, mm-hmm. and then they change their contract requirements, and they're required to have additional coverage. And it can range from anything from general liability to umbrella coverage to crime coverage and fidelity coverage, professional liability coverage. Cyber coverage is now a big hot topic and a hot ticket for clients um, that are doing business with corporates. What does cyber coverage mean? Cyber liability coverage is basically coverage for those individuals, companies that have, um, computer, computer services, right. um, provide computer services, can provide any type of personal, uh, retain any type of personal information, uh, for that corporate or for their clients. And if that, if that service is breached, then you have to provide notification 
to your clients that you have been breached and you have to meet certain state requirements in that, in that responsibility. You can be held for ransom. Uh, they will hold your personal information for ransom. And these are third parties that hack into your computer system. Right. And so that's why cyber liability is such a hot topic now, because these corporations, we all do business through the Internet. We all do business with computers. We all have smartphones. All of those things can be breached. And if they are breached, then personal information that you have on that um, on that website or on that server or on that smartphone can be can be used against you or can be used against the client. So then you have to have the appropriate insurance to protect exactly. yourself from that. Exactly. Now what about in healthcare? I would imagine there's a lot of uh, regulations and because uh, aren't the HIPAA laws such that if third parties have to Exactly. Do a lot of stuff. That to- is so true. Um medical medical providers are the ones that have the most stringent mm-hmm. HIPAA laws, and and they have to protect the privacy of that patient, of that client going forward. And it can be thousands and thousands of of private information that's kept on their server or in the cloud that can be breached. And yes, most healthcare providers, most doctor offices, I mean, it can go down the line. I'll I'll give you a great example. I, um, during the Christmas holidays, I have a health spending account and my health spending account was used for my doctor's visit in November. Well, I looked at, I just happened to look on my smartphone. I was checking my email on December the 25th, believe it or not. And I had eight emails saying, thank you from PayPal. Um, $80 has been taken out of your um, health savings account. And I'm like, I haven't spent any money. I haven't That's gone weird. anywhere. And oh, by the way, it was nail salons and clothing stores. Right. Wow. Which, not, not exactly health which savings. Which is not right. health savings account. So I, so I immediately go to my bank. I tell them what happened and the money was put back in my account, but my account was breached and it was breached from my doctor's office mm-hmm. in November. And it was, and it may not have been the doctor. It could have been the third party that works it with the doctor. It could have been the right? third party. It could have been someone who hacked into their system. Mm-hmm. And so I notified my doctor. I notified their office. They went and had to notify all of their patients. Right. So when you look at time, you know, um, an effort to recoup all of this, how economical is this to have this insurance? The insurance cost compared to the exposure is minimal. And I'll give you a great example. I have a client that we just secured a cyber liability policy for, and it's three different companies, and it's a temporary agency. They provide um, staffing for medical uh, medical doctor's offices and hospitals, um, general white-collar um, corporate and employees, and security. And they just secured a $5 million limit for $7,500 a year. Wow. That's unbelievable. And it, and, and it had alternative coverages that were listed below there that the client hadn't even really thought about. So it's a comprehensive program and the cost, fortunately for the consumer right now, the cost is not caught up with what is actually going to be the exposure in the long term because everybody needs it. 
five years from now, we're going to see probably the next three to five years, we're going to see a big jump in cyber liability premiums because the losses are going to catch up with what people are paying in premium. So right now, now's the time to buy it, to get in on the ground floor so that your costs are not going to be, you know, jumped up over a period of time. But if you wait, you know, three or five years from now, you may not be able to afford it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a process. Now, um, any counsel for that new business? Like what are kind of the basic insurance that they should be um, looking at? It really depends on the exposure and what their scope of operations is. And let's just take, uh, we'll just take a main street business. Um, a retail business would need, um, coverage for their inventory and their property. Um, they would need general liability coverage, which gives you coverage for bodily injury and property damage to a third party that comes on your premises or you go to their premises. Um, if they have a commercial auto that they use in the business, you would, you would need commercial auto coverage to cover that exposure. Um, and so a, a regular, a main street business that's just starting out, those are probably the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, workers compensation, if you have two or more, uh, full-time or part-time employees in the state of Georgia, you are required to carry workers compensation insurance. And if you don't and you have more of those employees and someone is injured on the job, you're responsible for their injury and you can be fined up to $10,000 for not carrying it. And that's something that's not really out there or advertised, but it is a state law. I mean, it's part of what Georgia requires. What about service companies? Are there any insurance that they should be carrying? Yes. Service companies are a little bit different in the fact that if you are providing a service, you're providing something that's almost intangible. Mm-hmm. It's it's based on your performance is based on the services you provide. In that instance, you would need to carry professional liability coverage. And that professional liability coverage gives you coverage for that entity if that client that you are servicing sur- um, suffers a financial loss because of something you did mm-hmm. as a service. Is that like errors and it's omissions? It's exactly like errors and omissions. So those two are simultaneous. So Professional explain- liability and errors and omissions are one and the same. Okay. So, but explain a little bit more um, about why I, as a service business, should have errors and omission. Okay. Um, and the difference between the two. Okay. If there is a slight difference. There really isn't. Errors and emissions and professional liability really go hand in hand. You can call six, one half dozen the other, basically. Um, but what you are looking at, what you are looking at protecting is the service you provide to that third party. And let's just take, for instance, uh, a design firm. Okay. A design firm provides you with a service. They provide you with a product as well. But say, for instance, that design firm goes out and they make a drawing of your facility. They say, this is where we want the exits to be. This is where we want the restrooms to be. This is where we want. This is how we're going to decorate. This is, this is the color scheme we're going to use, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they put all this together and we find out at a later date or after it's done that, oh, my goodness, we forgot to take into account the ADA Act. And so instead of having a handicapped bathroom, we don't have a handicapped bathroom. And that particular client has suffered a financial loss because they have to bring it up to code. And if that's not done, then the design firm that designed it in the first place should know that 
because they are servicing that client. So it would go back to that design firm and their professional ability to pay that financial because they should loss. have known. They should have known. Right. Exactly. And that's why you were contracting them because they exactly. were supposed to be experts. That's why you contract. They are experts mm-hmm. in their industry and they should know that. Now we're talking about things like, um, that are mistakes or things like that. Now, are, is there any insurance for like kind of acts of God? Like, you know, the power goes out and no fault of anybody. Is there anything and that's disrupting business? Is there any insurance for that? Oh, yes, absolutely. And that insurance, um, you do have uh, some policies do have a power failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so say, for instance, we have a, um, power outage here during this and it's caused by right, like a tree coming work, down or right. They're or, doing work. Or work down the street. Right. Exactly. So that power interruption comes a lot comes about we're off the air and then basically we're looking at a tree down over here and, and it's, it's like it's no blown fault over, of anybody's but it's blown mm-hmm. over and it causes an immediate uh, immediate accident here then there's coverage for that under your property policy mm-hmm. under your under the policy that is provided for your property coverage and it's usually a sublimit you could get you know, I have restaurants that have um, the power outage coverage because they can't afford to have a power outage for more than 10 hours or five hours right. because they have food in the freezer that's going to go bad. Right. So that's it. That's a huge exposure. Um, and they will have that and they may increase that limit. You can buy it in increments of, you know, a thousand dollars or five thousand or ten thousand or whatever you think is adequate to cover your inventory. Or to cover your loss, but do, but for startups, do they do you think startups should have this insurance? Absolutely, and and the reason I say that is because you don't know if you are going to see a client, and you don't have that coverage in place, you don't have that general liability coverage in place, and you cause bodily injury or property damage to that client that you're going to see, um, they are out. Of whatever, you know, bodily injury and or property damage, they're out of pocket. Your insurance should pay for that. Um, and basically that's what they're looking for. And, and it also lends credibility to the business that you have. Um, you can walk in and say, I can do this for you. I am an expert in this field. This, this, here is my insurance information to tell you that I have already done my due diligence. I am, I am going to be, I'm going to have an adequate insurance program that's going to cover my exposure as well as your exposure if, if that situation comes up. So we've talked about cybersecurity. Let's talk about, um, equipment and how important it is to cover any of the equipment that you have and how sometimes, especially for startups, they think, you know what, um, my budget is already tight and I'm going to just wing it. I'm just going to take a risk on the fact that this is going to be okay. Where should this not be the number one insurance that they look for coverage on? It, it really should. And and the reason being, uh, and I spoke with a young lady this week who said, I did not get the insurance program that you talked to me about a year ago. And guess what happened? I had all of my equipment stolen out of my car. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That was my first response. I'm so sorry. 
but I tried to tell you. <laughs> and now she's come back to me and said, I've learned the hard way. I know I need to do this. Can you help me? And I said, absolutely. I'll be happy to help you. But it is very important. You don't think it's ever going to happen to you until it does happen to you. And then it's too late. Right. Now, what's the process? Like you're a business owner. Like how early in the process should you be talking to your insurance person? Uh, is this an annual call? Like you update what this, what's happening? Like what's a good insurance uh, company that you know, what's their rhythm of kind of communicating with their clients to make sure they're protected because business changes. It's very fluid. Absolutely. And things are always going on. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I do in my practice is I, I touch base with my clients at least 90 days prior to their renewal date. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we have that conversation. They get a summary of insurance from me of any changes that we've made during the policy term. And I go to them and say, these are the things that we need to be looking at. What has changed in your scope of operations? What do I need to do for you? What does your payroll look like? What's your revenue looking like? And, and I'll be honest with you, this past, the past two years, every single account that I have worked on and every single client I've met with is having a huge huge success in their business. So their revenues are going up. Their payroll is going up to meet the needs of what of that product and service that they're providing. Um, they are expanding their business. And so my job as their insurance agent and their insurance consultant is to make sure that we are addressing those needs as they come up. And so that's my job is to meet with them at least 90 days prior to the renewal date. And then I touch base with them. I usually... Most of my clients hear from me at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And then part of your job also is um, kind of being up to date of any changes like in regulation or laws or something that they may not be aware of that could be impacting them, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm constantly reading periodicals. I'm constantly going to, I go to an insurance class every year. Um, you know, we are constantly looking at what is going on out there in the workplace? What is going on out there in the in the business workplace? And I learn a lot from working with these women-owned businesses that work with these corporates because these corporates are also at the forefront of what is changing in the mm -hmm. industry. And so we have to meet those needs as they come up as well. So yes, it's it's a, it's a learning curve. Every single day I'm reading some periodical, some information, something that has changed in the state of Georgia or whatever state that particular client is doing business in. So it's part of my job is to do that. Now, for the start the woman that's starting out and uh, you know, their budget is limited and they're saying, "Okay, I'm going to you know, not address insurance to, on day one, which I have, I'm sure it happens, but they're at some point they're ready to have this conversation. That initial conversation with you or an insurance professional, is that something that's very costly? Like just to oh, get no. the lay of the land to learn about how this works? What I, you know, because they might be surprised it isn't as expensive as they may anticipate it being. Exactly. They, and, and a lot of times I think they hear from if, if they're looking at getting that corporate contract and they're looking at doing business with the big guy, so to speak. Um, you don't always have to provide all of the insurance requirements that that particular contract is requiring because I have gone through contracts before with a client that is providing a product but they don't need professional liability insurance because mm -hmm. they are selling a product. Right. That's on the scope of their right, work. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So we, we, 
we look at it or I look at it, look at that contract and I say, these are the things that we can go back to that corporate and negotiate. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you tell them this is what they give you a contract and it is a carte blanche. I mean, it's right. It's, just, it's the same it's for everybody. To cover, That's right, right. Exactly. And it's what not- you have to do is tailor it to what you are providing. Right. And that's where I come in as well. Um, and you'd be surprised. You can get a business owner's package policy, which would include property and general liability and typically hired and unowned for $350 a year, depending on where you're located and, and, and what, and what, right. what you're doing. So, so can you repeat that? How much? $350 is a minimum premium. Wow. Hopefully you all are listening. Right. Cause I mean, the, people don't know. They just imagine this is some huge number. They're like, I can, I'm not going to deal with this when it's so minimal that exactly. it's, it's like silly not to have it. And it's, and, and if you start with that minimum premium, as you grow your business, yes, your premium is going to grow because your exposure grows. And so you have but to so look. So is at, the revenue and but the so income. So is the revenue and the income. So it, it's all relative. It all works the same way. So now how much is that initial consultation just to find out what's what? I don't charge anything. So now you're saying that you don't charge anything. I'm hearing $350 to have pretty much general coverage that you need. Right. If you break that down, that's equals to what? Let's do the math. $30 a month. Yeah. If yeah. that. Exactly. Like a movie for two people? Yes. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Movie no, costs you can't, more. No, movie right. costs you, can't, you can't go to the movie. No, you cannot $30 cost, no. anymore. You might could get the popcorn <laughs> and the Coke for 30 Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a no-brainer there. So if somebody wanted to learn more and have a more substantive conversation with you, is there a website? Absolutely. www.gravely, G-R-A-V-E-L-Y, and associates.com. Now, before we wrap your segment, Susan, can you talk about your relationship with GWBC, like how that's impacted your business? I love this organization. They are really have, they have really been just incredible. I have made so many wonderful friends, not only business associates, but just lifelong friends. And if you get involved in this organization, the return on investment is tenfold. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, Roz Lewis does a fantastic job. Her support team does a fantastic job. I'm involved in several committees and absolutely love it. It's, it's just, it's a highlight of my day. And you're talking about getting up in the morning and what your purpose in life is. I have found my purpose in life and it's working with women owned businesses. Uh, they truly appreciate what you do for them. And, and I'm not, I'm not knocking men. I love men, but you know, working <laughs> with women, it, they appreciate what you put into it and they take your advice and they look to you. And it's not just a business associate or a business association. It is a friendship too. And I've, I count myself very fortunate and very blessed to be a part of this organization. Now, any advice for the woman who isn't yet involved with GWBC? Please, please, please go to the website, get involved. We have a, we are, we are doing, we're doing a function every month, some type of networking function every month for women owned businesses. Um, the certification process, once you're through it, it's very easy to renew every year. Um, 
we are very hands-on organization. We have a working board and they work and we have volunteers that, uh, work within the organization and we just, and we have a great time. We have a ball. We have a great time. And then you can be recognized as volunteer of the year, such as Susan Gravely has been recognized <laughs> as one of our volunteers of the up. year. But the only way you're going to get that, though, is like Susan said, you have to you, take gotta show you have to get involved. This isn't exactly. something that you just pay a fee and then, no, you know, magically you have to business get involved. comes your way. Exactly. It's just you, like a gym membership. Exactly. That's what we like to say. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to grow up, you got to show up. That's, That's right. <laughs> So now, uh, Roz, great episode. Is there anything, uh, any events coming up you want to remind the listener about? Well, as I mentioned today, we do have an event that's momentarily starting. It's our tables of eight. Mm-hmm. We also have additional events. Our top corporations luncheon is going to be on April 27th. So we encourage you to visit our website for other events that not only that GWBC organically creates, but also that we partner with other organizations that you may already be involved with that allows you to once again, get your name out there. People need to know and understand what you do, how you do it, and more importantly, how you can solve their problems or provide a solution. You want to stay top of mind. There are nine, no, there are 12 million women Mm -hmm. businesses in this country. So keep that in mind. That's a lot of competition. Well, this is your edge. GWBC is your edge. Exactly. So we encourage you to get engaged, get involved, volunteer, and not only just volunteer within our organization, but volunteer with organizations like the American Mm -hmm. Heart Association, because you never know who you're rubbing elbows with. It could be the vice president of the chief procurement officer of that corporation (laughs) that you are trying to get a contract with. So those are the relationship, relationship, relationship is key. And uh, what about the corporates? Like, why should they get involved with GWBC? What's in it for them? Because we have the best repository of competitive women businesses in this country. Keep in mind that we can now say out of our over a thousand certified women businesses that the majority of them are over $1 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. And we want to encourage even more. We want to scale those that aren't at a million yet to get there. So we would love to say three-fourths of our constituency sits over a million dollars. That's economic impact. Right. And that's important to understand the context of that. That number is way above the norm. Way above the norm. You're right. You know, but, you know, I always leave you with a parting thought, right? Go, Go for it. And so keep in mind, yes, February is heart month, but it's also Black History Month. And In that, I would like to quote Madam C.J. Walker. You know, she was the first woman millionaire, African-American millionaire. And her quote is, I had to make my own living and my own opportunity. And she was very successful in making those opportunities that today we still reap the benefits of. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Choose yourself. Make it happen. Yes. Well, Roz, thank you so much for putting this episode together, and thank you to both of our guests today. 
Yes, we want to thank Susan and Kimberly. This was great. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Roz Lewis. We will see you all next time on GWBC Radio.